It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. We know there are three guys at the top of this NBA draft that are really players to get excited about. There are also other players in this draft. Other players that maybe, possibly, potentially have an outside chance of going number one. Look, it's not likely, but you got to be ready for anything, including maybe trading up back into that top five. I, I, I don't see it as likely either, but hey, it's a, a listener request. They want to know more about some of the other guys in the top three. I'll give you three alternative long shots to be the top pick in the NBA draft. It's time for a Thursday edition of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed locked on magic. Today is June 9th, 2022. My name is Philip Rosenreich. I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. In today's episode of Locked on Magic, we're going to go over some of the long shots for the Orlando Magic to land with the top pick in the draft players that are very high on a lot of people's draft boards, but um, are maybe outside shots of getting uh, becoming the top pick. Guys that fill out the top five, really the top six, I guess we're going we're gonna to talk about here, um, as potential options if the Magic wanted to trade up, if the Magic really go off board, really surprise a lot of people. I've, been get, I've seen a few comments from people saying, hey, why are you focused only on these three guys? Why, why only Paolo? Why only Chet? Why only Jabari? What about anyone else? I'm going to talk about, about three prospects, Jane Nivey, Shaden Sharp, and Keegan Murray. And why, yes, there, there might be an argument for them to be the number one pick, but, all, but more importantly, why they probably aren't number one pick eligible. We'll get to them coming up here in just a moment as we do want to dive deep and get into everyone that we can, as, as everyone's saying, cast a wide net, leave no stone unturned, and really dive into some of these prospects. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. First, we want to thank you for making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. No matter when you listen to us, whether it's first thing in the morning, whether it's right when we upload, we truly appreciate you making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. Remember, there's a great Locked On podcast covering every single team in the NBA. Search for Locked On and the team you're looking for. So, um, look, I, 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 I'm doing this podcast and, and, and I want to talk about these players because I, I do think there is an outside chance that the Magic do marshal their resources and try and trade back up into the top five of the draft. Um, it, it's a long shot. They have to do that. Um, it's, it, it, it's, it's, it, there is a clear top three. Um, like, let's, let's just be real. The Magic have the number one. Um, there's certainly, we, we certainly had to know these guys because, you know, I'd said it on lottery night. Um, I'm comfortable picking any of the top seven guys on my board, um, obviously to varying degrees. The Magic got the number one pick 
their board narrowed really, really quickly, or the the players that were really focused on narrowed really, really quickly. This is a very unique NBA draft in that there are three players that are very good and have separated themselves and have earned consideration for the top pick. Um, We talked a lot about them yesterday. Some of the things that give people some pause about them, um, but why they ultimately push through. The prospects we're going to talk about today, um, they're not in that group. Um, you know, again, I, I think these guys have their fans, and, and, and these guys have potential. I'm not saying that these guys um, don't have potential, and, and, and I'm, not, I'm not even going to say that, uh, especially when it comes to Jaden Ivey and Shane Sharp, that they won't possibly be talking about. But with the information we have today, with the analysis that we have today, um, they just there's just not a level of consistency or um, uh, just a, a just a, a, a level that that we can trust to say okay these guys deserve recognition or consideration or serious consideration for the number one pick. It it, it is really important though to dive into why. Um, you know I, I I'm a North I joke around a lot um, that whenever Northwestern gets a big recruit um, this is football or basketball or men's basketball. Um, whenever they get a big recruit around a lot, that the most important thing Northwestern has to figure out is why they're coming to Northwestern. Why aren't they, you know, if you're getting a four-star player, why aren't they going to a more established school? And that's because Northwestern fans are very self-defeating and self-effacing and all that stuff. But, but there's a kernel of truth in there. And so if the Magic are considering one of these players, it, it, it's important to understand why Paolo, Chet, and Jabari have separated themselves from the pack. So let's start with the guy who is is pretty widely considered um, the fourth guy in a lot of people's boards. He is not fourth on my board. I'll get to why in a minute. Um, but Jay Nivey at Purdue is, is really considered um, the best player outside of that top three. Um, and, and there's a couple reasons why. First off, this is a guard-dominated league. This is a guard-oriented league. Um, if there is a weakness with how the Magic are building right now and, and, the, way, and the guys that the Magic... Um, have invested in uh, in the backcourt. Um, it is that yes, they have a guard, Marco Fultz, who's really good at controlling the pace of games and, and directing traffic. But he is a non-shooter, or you know, again, I, I think he's willing to shoot, but he's not a good shooter. Teams want him to shoot threes. Jalen Suggs had one of the worst three-point shooting years seasons in the entire entire NBA this year. It's not that he can't get there; he's still really young. Don't give up on Jalen Suggs, but. Don't feel like the Magic are locked into their guards. Um, you know, the Magic are not in a position where they can say, oh, we're set at position X. Outside of Franz Wagner and probably Wendell Carter, I, I think that the Magic can't feel set at any position. So, Jay Nivey has to be in the consideration because this is a really talented guard. Um, Ivy, it, Ivy is a, a, a supremely talented uh, athlete. Um He's really good at getting to the basket. He's really good at finishing at the rim. He is a, a dynamic guard prospect. And, and I don't think that you should complain. There's been a lot of people who want to compare him to John Morant. Again, just kind of a soup of the day, soup du jour, soup of the day thing. Um, sounds lovely. Um, type type deal. You know, you see this a lot with when, when, when people try to make these player comparisons. Um, is find something contemporary to, to really kind of drive home who he is. Uh, and to some extent, I see it. You know, Ivy is a little bit of a John Morant light. He is, you give him a, a, a runway downhill, he's going to dunk all over you. 
Um, you know, he is very the, 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 his burst of speed is really really good, um, and, and it's it's near an elite level. Um, but they're you know, and again, the numbers are pretty good too. Seventeen point three points per game, four point nine rebounds per game, three point one assists per game. Scored in double figures in 33 of 36 games. Scored at least 20 points in 14 games. Um, Purdue was a three-seed, three seed got to the Sweet 16. It's a very, very good team. And, and Ivy was doing a lot of this with um, one, of the big, one of the best centers in the nation, uh, a seven-footer who just could not move out of the paint but was just such a great shot blocker um, in, in, in Purdue. Um, so, again, we talked a little bit about this yesterday, about how context kind of matters. Um, how Jabari Smith uh, and and Chet Holmgren were kind of hampered by paint-bound centers, um, you know, kind of clogging up the lane, an already clogged lane in college. Ivy certainly suffers from that too. But I I would say, though, that when you dive a little bit deeper into the numbers, um, A, Ivy is not the same player as John Morant. And, And Morant's numbers are tougher to look at because Murray State is not in a strong conference. The fact that Morant still played really well um, against Florida State in the NCAA tournament was a big reason why he kind of solidified himself at number two. He proved that he could do it in a big moment. Just didn't have the team to beat a really good Florida State team that was really focused on stopping him. Um, you know, again, and, you know, he was also in a in a draft with Zion Williamson, who was, you know, largely considered pretty generational. Um, there are, though, he was a really inconsistent three-point shot. And certainly he showed the ability to kind of stop and pop and hit the mid-range jumper. Um, but it still wasn't super efficient. And his scoring at the rim also left something to be desired. Maybe this is King Nick diving a little bit too deep into college numbers and, and, and waiting for him to get to NBA space where he'll probably be a little bit more successful. But there is some concern about his ability to create his own shot, get to the basket consistently, finish at the rim consistently, and be a three-point shooter. The big thing for me is he is pretty much the point guard of that Purdue team. And he still averaged fewer than four assists per game. Um, he does not make the right lead all the time. Um, and it's not that he's turning the ball over. It's not that he's throwing the ball away. He is not necessarily making consistent plays on his drives. And he's not able to score to get others involved. And so to me, like, this doesn't necessarily send up, like, red flags. This doesn't necessarily, to me, mean that you know, stay away, don't touch him. Like, there, there's good things about Jaden Ivey and, and people who like Jaden Ivey, um, I, I, you know, I see it too. Um, you know, again, it's just, it, something doesn't taste right uh, with me when I look at Jaden Ivey's game. Um, but he is the most dynamic guard in this draft. Um, he is the most dynamic kind of guy that you see really taking control of this league in a lot of ways. Um, you know, that's the truth. Um, do I think he is supremely special, um, like a number one pick kind of special? No. I, um, I, I think what he does, a lot of other players in the league do. Um, and I think that's ultimately why he's, A, called John Morant light instead of John Morant. But, um, and John Morant's very, very good, so that's really an impossible standard to hold him to. But I think that's why he hasn't broken through into that top group. Um, you look at a you look at you know they look at Jabari Smith is a really good example. Jabari Smith um, is not considered a great one-on-one player yet, but he showed a lot of signs that he could do it. He showed a lot of signs that he could put a guy on the block, hit a shot over someone like that. Like the part that part of his game is something that can develop. 
Ivy, in a worse league in the college ranks, was really struggling to finish at the rim consistently. And that's something that he's going to have to be very good at. Think about Jalen Suggs. Um, you know, I think I think we're under I think we understood by the end of the season why Toronto picked Scotty Barnes over Jalen Suggs, and not just because Scotty Barnes had a better season. It's that that there were probably some real concerns about Jalen Suggs that that we glossed over or didn't really look at closely. Now, I think the Magic still one hundred percent made the right pick there. I'm still really optimistic about Jalen Suggs. I think there's a lot that he that I think that he showed a lot. His ability to get to the rim consistently was really good, but he too struggled finishing at the rim. And what his ultimate ceiling is going to be is will he be able to finish at the rim? Will he be able to hit threes consistently? Suggs and Ivy are about the same prospect. Um, Ivy was maybe a, was given a lot more scoring responsibility at Purdue last year, um, but I, I think that they're kind of on the same level prospect-wise, at least after Suggs' rookie year. Last year, in, coming out of college, Suggs was a better college player. And again, some of that is context-dependent, being at a really stacked Purdue team, uh, Gonzaga team. But Suggs was a better college player. But Ivy team just doesn't break through that mold. He is he is the mold. He doesn't break through the mold, and, and, and that's what you want out of first pick. That's that's why kind of I think Paolo Bancaro has slowly slipped down the board. Why Jabari and Chet seem to be the, the debate among Magic fans right now. I, I see you, Bancaro bunch out there. I'm not. I'm not dis- not discarding you. I-, I still really like Paolo, but I think that there's this feeling that we know all the contours of these guys' games, which is unfair, of course, but there's- their ability to break free isn't there. And that's going to take us to our next guy, a guy that I think really is going to be successful in the NBA um, and-, and really carve himself a really nice role. You know, might even be this draft's Franz Wagner in a lot of ways, um, but doesn't have that next gear to get him into the top group. We're going to talk about Iowa's Keegan Murray coming up here in just a moment. At, if my copy will load, Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now possible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. So I endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry. You have a computer with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. So the auto parts store is right there. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for more than 20 years. Their prices are reliably low for every customer and they have everything you can need from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto part needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts a car will ever need at rockauto.com. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you, 
again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Get excited because next week starts our favorite project here at the Locked on Podcast Network. It's the ultimate NBA mock draft. It starts June 16th with me making the pick. That's what I do um, with the number one pick. With more than 50 insiders, nothing equals the ultimate NBA mock draft. The Locked on NBA Big Board Draft Experts plus the Odyssey Insiders. First pick is June 16th. Hey, that's me. I've already recorded it. Don't worry. Search Ultimate NBA Mock Draft and follow now so you don't miss a pick again. That debuts next week, June 16th, with the first episode, which will include the first pick in the draft. See what else I did. We're, 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 still, we're still making our way through it here as we get set for it. But right now, I want to talk about one of my favorite prospects. It's like not just because he looked especially good against my Northwestern Wildcats, um, a guy that I think is going to be really successful. Again, if, if there's a guy who is this year's Franz Wagner, a guy that, that I don't think people are sleeping on him anymore, um, but a guy who's just going to come in and make an impact. He may not be a superstar, but will make an impact is Keegan Murray. Um, look, I don't think it's a seek the magic like Keegan Murray. Um, I don't think it's, it's, it's any secret around the league at this point that uh, Keegan Murray is one of the guys that the Magic really like. He's got the wingspan, the height, the length, the defensive acumen, the shooting. He has everything the Magic look for in a forward and in a draft. I like the, the story that, that I remember most about this is um, Markel Fultz's debut in February. Um, John Hammond was on, I believe it was uh, in the zone on 96.9 The Game, um, and was asked you know, what it felt like to be in the building for Markel Fultz's return. And John Hammond, the Magic's general manager, this guy who is the right-hand man of the president of basketball operations, second-in-command, so to speak, um, said, well, actually, I'm in Iowa City. I did not, I'm in Iowa. I did not get to go to, I was not at Markel's game. Watched it on TV, congratulated him. And I was watched, I was preparing for the draft. And as much as I love Pete Nance, um, Northwestern, Northwestern Ford, son of Larry Nance, brother to Larry of Larry Nance Jr., um, he withdrew from the draft. He'll hopefully be back at Northwestern. He's in the transfer portal. As much as I love Pete Nance, John Hammond wasn't there to watch Pete Nance. John Hammond was there to watch Keegan Murray. And the fact that uh, it leaked out or it was reported that the last week certainly registers that they're trying to keep tabs on him. They interviewed him at the Combine, which again, some of that's randomly assigned. They didn't know wh- where they were going to be picking when, those, when they put in their interview requests. Um, but... They have certainly gone at, done gone above and beyond to make sure they have a complete profile on this kid. Um, when I profiled him, people freaked out that I thought he'd be the number one pick. I do not think he's number one, but it's a lot of the Magic's needs and a lot of what they like. Six foot eight forward, averaged twenty three and a half points per game, shot thirty nine point eight percent from beyond the arc on four point seven three point attempts per game for Iowa's high powered offense. He also averaged eight point seven rebounds per game. 1.9 blocks per game, 1.3 steals per game, two two defensive win shares, and 2.7 defensive box plus minus, according to Sports Reference. This combination of shooting ability and the potential is exactly why Keegan Murray is so high on everyone's boards. Um, I think he is about as safe as a pick as you can get. He's a little bit older. He's a little bit more experienced. He's just a sophomore in college, but a little bit older for his, old for his class. But he's going to get after it defensively. He's going to hit threes. He uh, like someone got a little bit offended that I called him a high, a three and D player or a, a role player, and I said no, 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 no. This is a high level three and D player, high level role player like Macal Bridges. This is the kind of guy that you need to win championships. A guy who's gonna 
flirt with being an all-defensive team player. He has that potential, but he'll be a very good defender. Um, and can hit outside shots and hit threes uh, to space the floor. That's all anyone's asking for. That's all anyone wants from a guy like Keegan Murray. Um, again, you look at his tape from Iowa. He's coming around screens. He's hitting spot-up shots. He's dynamic as a slasher. He's, I, think he, I think that's an area of his game that will continue to grow. Get him on a cut, a back force at the rim. His problem is creation. He's not going to be a creator for anyone. He's not going to really work too much off the dribble. And while he's very good in transition, he can still struggle a little bit finishing around the basket, especially when there are contests there. And so that's ultimately why he's not a number one pick contender. That's ultimately why he is not in the running to be a top pick in this year's draft. His role is to be that floor spacer. And that's that's ultimately, I think, where he's going to land in the NBA. Um, you know, again, it passed Sacramento before. I think he's the perfect player for Sacramento. You have him alongside DeMontis Sabonis. They still got Harrison Barnes, who may or may not still be there. Um, you know, Davion Mitchell, Darren Fox, a three-point shooter like like Ian Murray to spread the floor is going to make them a lot better. Still don't quite know why they got rid of Buddy Heald the way that they did, but they like Sabonis enough that that made sense to them. Um, it's He is really, really good. Um, and, and again, it's not an insult to me for me to say that he is, to me, again, that high-level role player. But is just, he's just not a creator. He is not, he was not driving, he took a lot of shots. He was the leading scorer for that Iowa team, a really good offensive team that runs kind of some NBA stuff. Um, but he was not the one creating those shots. So then you might be asking, what's the difference between him and Jabari Smith? First off, it's size. Um, you know, Jabari Smith was a better three-point shooter than Keegan Murray at the college level, um, but it's size. Jabari Smith is 6'10". He put guys on the block, shoots over them, and is really, really good at that. Keegan Murray is good at when the smaller defenders able to shoot over them. Bigger defenders, he's taking them back out of three-point line or keeping it moving. Jabari Smith showed better creation potential than Keegan Murray. And while I think it is a fair criticism to say that Jabari Smith um, may, has struggled or hasn't quite learned how to create separation from his shot, his size makes up for it. On top of that, as good as Keegan Murray is defensively, Jabari Smith is potentially a lot better. He's bigger, he is longer, he is faster. He, he does everything that Keegan Murray does a step above, if not two steps above. And, and, and that's the difference between these prospects. That's the difference here between being a lottery pick, a really good lottery pick, and being a guy who is going to go number one in this draft, um, or, or potentially number one in this draft. Um, they're very similar prospects, and so you can see why the Magic like both. Um, but I was better than him, and that's ultimately why Keegan Murray is in that second group, in that second tier. Again, I like Keegan Murray a lot. Um, it would not completely surprise me if the Magic are exploring ways to maybe get back into that top five to try and take him, but only him. Uh, but it, it, it it's probably not the best fit. Uh, or it, it's probably too expensive uh, for what the Magic want. Again, but I will say this, as always, about draft strategy, go get your guy. doesn't matter what it costs to get him. We're going to talk about one more player who could potentially sneak into that top three, um, and that is a guy that a lot of people were getting excited about. Some, a scout put some water on that fire, and I think teams are beginning to learn more about him. It's time to talk about Shaden Sharp. But first... A quick word, pals at Bill. Don't you love a chewy, chocolatey brownie? What about a caramel brownie with caramel swirled on top? So good. 
What if I told you you could have all that chewy, chocolatey deliciousness plus 17 grams of protein? Well, you're in luck because Caramel Brownie Bars are available at Built.com right now. And you got to act fast because they are a fan favorite. A fan favorite. I don't know how to speak today. Forget about dessert. These are better than dessert. Plus, the macros are unreal. 130 calories, 17 grams of protein, 4 grams of sugar. Replace your brownie with a built caramel brownie bar in a heartbeat. It'll be better for you, and you'll still get that delicious chocolatey taste. The best part, the caramel brownie bars are covered in 100% real chocolate, like for real. So you get the chocolate taste, the real chocolate, without the calories, and with the good stuff in there, too. And all of proteins, all of built bar, all of built's bars are collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. There are a million reasons that you should try Built Bars, but for now, let's just say that Caramel Brownie will rock your world, and that's not an understatement. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCK15, and get 15% off your order. Again, use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So the final guy to talk about then, the final guy who's probably in that second tier of prospects is Kentucky guard Shaden Sharp. Guards in this they're coming into this NBA draft are, are very, very unique. One player in the class of 2022, in the high school class of 2022, he was set to go to Kentucky next year. Instead, he reclassified to the class of 2021. Um, that put him like third or fourth in the high school class, but still a really high-level prospect, a dynamic athlete, uh, really good jumping off two feet for a guard. He's six foot six, really good jumping off two feet and finishing at the rim, good three-point range. You watch his high school tape and, and you see all the excitement, all the reasons to be excited about this kid. Um, this is a this is a really good basketball player, a potentially good basketball player. So he reclassified. No big deal. It it it, it happens. Kids do this. But then he graduated early. Or rather, it wasn't necessarily that he graduated early uh, at Kentucky, uh, before the summer term. Uh, and it wasn't entirely clear if he would clear the NCAA. He um, got a high school degree. Um, that's, that's not of question. The high school he went to was a kind of basketball school. Um, and so it wasn't... I, I, there were there there are some issues. I'm I, you know I I don't know all the details, but Kentucky essentially their plan was to redshirt him, try and make sure he got all his clearances, play him next year, and move on from there. Um, obviously, the the buzz, the uh, feedback that Shane Sharp got suggested, hey, you're still going to be a top five pick in this draft. There's no reason to stay at that point, and and he did clear the NBA's rules as well. Um, but it's 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 a weird situation. The fact of the matter is this. Sharp has not played basketball in a, or organized basketball, a game basketball, in a year and a half. 
He practiced with Kentucky. He worked out at Kentucky. He still, you know, he was still around the game. It's not like he hasn't played at all, but we haven't seen him play in game pressure. Practices are different than games as much as practices can help. Practices are different than games. But this is still a really good player. Averaged 13 points per game on 68% shooting from the field in the 2019 FIBA America's U16 Championship in 2019. It was a big part of Canada's youth, youthful core. And Canada's obviously a really good basketball program. Um, in, his seat, in his last year um, in, at, in Glendale, Arizona, I played for Dream City Christian School. Averaged 21.4 points per game, six rebounds, three assists, a steal and a half, and a block per game in his junior year. Shot impressive 60.8% from field. Still struggling a little bit from beyond the arc, but again, the pieces are there. He really turned heads at the Nike EYBL tournament, one of the top AAU players in in, in the circuit, where he averaged 22.6 points, 5.8 rebounds, and 2.7 assists per game. In the tape that I have watched of him, I'm really impressed with how he uses his body. Um, he is physical. He will get in the lane. He will take a bump. He will finish at the rim with force. Um, he's got all the moves. It's just we haven't seen it. If there is a guy in this group that I would consider taking number one, it's Shaden Sharp. He's got the talent. He's got all the skills that look that look like is what you need. We just don't have the proof. You know, we at, we talked about yesterday about how Jabari Smith. Wasn't really a creator. How Chet Holmgren, you know, kind of was in a reduced role. Really didn't see all he could do. Um, we talked about all that, but we questioned it, but we said we saw hints of it. We could see it on the floor. We could point to tape and say, okay, this is where this guy is at. We don't have that with Shane Sharp. We don't have that kind of proof of concept with him because high school tape, it's not that helpful at the end of the day. And that's the big mystery about Shaden Sharp. And that's why, you know, again, he's not a number one pick. Because we don't know. We don't have any clue where he's at or what he's looked like. And as impressive as some of his pro day workouts might be, anyone can look good against a chair. Just ask uh, Gitian Leon. Um, anyone looks good in an empty gym. And that's just not what you spend a number one pick on. That is too big of a risk. Now, again, I will say this over and over and over again. If he's your guy, go get him. Take him, trade down for him, do whatever you got to do. If he's the guy, get him. I don't think he's the guy. I think he could be a very good player. I think he's going to, I think it's going to be interesting to see how he, how he develops and how he comes back from being out for so long or be or just not being able to play games. Um, he's got the talent, no doubt about that. But I don't think he is that guy. It's just too big of a mystery, especially for a pick that really does feel like the Magic have to make sure they get something out of it. Just too big of a risk at that stage of the draft. I hope uh, that explainer, I hope looking at some of those guys um, is helpful in this regard. The top three have kind of separated themselves a little bit. My perspective on it, love to hear what you have to think uh, in the comments. Um, Of course, you can also... Tweet at me wherever you like. You can follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Lockdown Magic. Subscribe to the podcast and Apple Podcasts. Stitcher, tune in Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify, Odyssey, and all the fun places. Enabled listening device. 
Now that you're done with us, be sure to check out the Locked On NBA Big Board podcast. Get yourself ready for the NBA Ultimate NBA uh, Mock Draft um, by listening to the guys that know this draft the best. The Locked On NBA Big Board is a must-listen for everyone uh, over the course of these final two weeks before the NBA Draft. Be sure to check out tomorrow's episode of Locked On Magic. It is going to be a good one. It's going to be one that you're going to want to listen to. I can't say anything more about it, at least as I'm recording. By the time you probably, by the time you listen to this, you may know why it's going to be a good one. But we'll have lots to talk about on tomorrow's episode of Locked On Magic. Big, 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 big day for Orlando tomorrow. But that's going to do it for me. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic for Orlando Magic Daily. Locked On Magic this is for Ross Mike. See you next time for another episode of Locked On. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.